Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Dave original podcast. This podcast contains bad language, but don't hold that against it. Jordan Brooks, look at what you've done. I'm Jordan Brooks. I've been described as a room splitter in that I split the audience into people who are enjoying it and people who are hating it. At the worst gigs I've had, the split is widthways between the stage and the audience. My guest this time is Darren Harriot. His TV credits are vast, and they include Live at the Apollo, The Last Leg, and most recently, British as Folk on Dave. He was also nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award the same year I won it, and I'm terrible, so that's got a sting. In this, we talked about being overfed by his mum. Look how rotund he is. Starting a street gang. We had hoodies made. And a catastrophic social faux pas in Japan. Darren Harriet. Jordan Brooks. How's it going, buddy? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Let's talk about the very beginning of your life. You were born? Yes, yes, I was born. Uh, uh, yes, I was born in a black country uh, to uh, a mom and a dad. Standard, uh, traditional. It was all very... Yeah, it was all very... It all seems very traditional. And one thing I can say is that I, I definitely feel like I had a, a good sort of upbringing, mm. growing up sort of thing. Um, we were like incredibly poor, but you didn't know it. Yeah. When, you know, because I feel like if you're a kid, if you're like five, six and you're poor, you don't really know that you're poor. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't really yeah. tell. Because everything you enjoy is quite cheap anyway at that age. Like, <laughs> I, you know, how much really is a, is a football? <laughs> it's quite easy to entertain us. And uh, yeah, I think I had a, I think I had a good... Uh, growing up, sort of childhood. I was a very fat kid. 
I used to, I used That's to been loads. quite a common theme in this podcast. Uh, oh, really? I don't know if it's just unique to comedians, but it's 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 certainly been interesting that almost everyone has said, yeah, at some point, I was wow. I was fat. It really sticks with you. I think we'd all love to think that we can shake off what made us who we are. Yeah, but you can't really forget who you where you've come from, can you? How much did it impact you? growing up then i would say it impacted nearly everything i did growing up i say in terms of family growing up you know young between the ages of like you know three and like 10 was fine but i was definitely fat and my what was always strange for me was that my mom was really into the fatness (laughs) she actively encouraged it yeah i think that she thought we were living in like i don't know like feudal japan or something where (laughs) like she, her attitude was, oh, no one's going to think we're poor because look at the size of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly we're feeding him. I was yeah, Look I remember... how much money we're putting into this kid. Exactly, exactly <laughs> yeah. Look how rotund he is. And she generally loved it because, yeah, because we were poor. But also, um, I, I, I think she liked the idea, because I was always a big kid. I was, you know, mm. I, I was a lot bigger than my age. And I think she kind of enjoyed saying to people that, oh, I'm in year, you know, year three or whatever. Mum was like, well, my kid's wearing 10 to 11 clothing. So mm, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe you need to look at your your average size kids because look at my little, little round giant. And then I also remember dancing for food as a kid. What? It sounds really bad, like dancing for food as in my family were like, you know, hey, you want a sandwich? Earn it. But I remember just being into dancing and like dad said, and my auntie like feeding me, but she was like, feed me a bit like, you know, when you go like visit a bunch of birds and you get like a bit of food in your hand and you're lowering it into your open mouth as you dance. Lowering it into my fat mouth as I did the robot. It's like stuffing notes into the waistband of a stripper. <laughs> yeah, my auntie would make it rain with cake all over me. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. But the, the one thing that really sticks with me so obviously when you're in, when you're at that age, like a young, you know, kiddie age, you always want to be, you everybody wants to be popular, don't they? And mm. Kiss Chase, we played Kiss Chase at school. That was a thing that everybody played back in the 90s. Yeah. It was brutal, man. What you do with Kiss Chase was it was boys v girls, boys chase girls, girls chase boys, whatever. And I remember none of the girls would chase me. Oh. And I would like be around the girls like oh, like no. oh. was literally running running to them <laughs> mate i i was spaceman like oh the girls are gonna i was like, walking really slow like a spaceman like oh, oh you can you can you can catch me charlie and she would just i tell you it was like it was like that what's it bird box or whatever where she's got <laughs> she can't see she's yeah, <laughs> the yeah, girls yeah. would just pretend i was not there at all do you think about it now like how how much do you think it's like left a mark Oh yeah, it's all left and right. Yeah, yeah. my like my weight has has gone up and down. It's it's definitely stopped. like you're in good shape. You're one of those rare comedians who looks who doesn't look like a comedian in not in the yeah. nicest possible way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it all it's all sort of carried on from when I was you know really big as a kid, and then oh man, one thing I remember from my my auntie one time. My auntie, my family have always been very good to me, but they're also quite honest and very brutal, which is, I guess, is every family. I always remember this. Uh, (laughs) This is where this turns into therapy. I was in my uncle's car one time, Mm. and for some reason, I don't know why, I must have been about nine or ten, and I I 
getting traffic. And my auntie, who's a great auntie, but it just sounds so bad. She just goes, oh, I have to sit next to the fat kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like one of those films where I remember being like, I don't know, 10, looking outside like the window as it was raining with like a tear going down my face. Oh, bless I just remember I just remember a tear going down my face as we just moved and I was like and it's little things like that that that, that stuck with me as a mm. as a as a kid, but then it really impacted me when I hit high school because all of those fears and those insecurities that you have yeah. as a as a little kid, once you hit high school, it's turned Once up you lose it. that innocence and things oh. get you know, people get brutal and so the things that like, you know, mark you out as different become more of a a thing to to beat you with or to attack you with. I mean, my my younger sort of primary school days were fun. I recently did a gig and my my old primary school teacher was there. What? No way, really? Oh, did she know you were performing? Yeah, I was sitting in the crowd and she comes up to me and goes, I used to teach you. And I was like, ah! Mrs. Harvey! (laughs) And and it's so funny. I immediately turned into a school kid. I was like, it's Mrs. Harvey. Uh, Showing your homework, (laughs) asking for a gold star. I was like, I know you have a first name, but uh, I'm never going to use it. It doesn't exist to me. (laughs) It will always be Mrs. Harvey. One story I remember was I... um, Can can I swear on this? Is swearing okay or not? I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't re- swear, but but we can say all the other stuff that's been said in this podcast, then <laughs> something's very backwards. Go ahead. Um, I remember uh, shitting my pants oh, um, when I was about okay. five. I, I think I, I think I was a bit older than that. Actually, I, I like to tell people I was five, but I think I was way too old. I, I was about seven. Oh, eight, you've mate. got to round. You've got to round down with shitting yourself stories. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to round down your age and round up your level of drunkenness. <laughs> my age, my level of drunkenness. I was yeah. about eight. <laughs> I was about eight. I shit my pants, right. and I, oh mate, it was it was a bad on, case on of, purpose. <sighs> oh, here we go. You see, that's an interesting question because I remember. <laughs> it was a question re- about free will and how much we're aware <laughs> of ourselves. And I remember thinking I should probably go to the toilet, but I also right. remember going, nah. <laughs> I, I I I knew, uh, mate. I shit myself so bad. I knew it was bad. Because my mom got called, and that's when you know you shit your pants when they call you next of kin. That's yeah, when you that's know. A... <laughs> that's when you know this is this is a bad episode, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom came to school, <laughs> and she. I remember because I didn't live far from the school, which was quite lucky. My mom came to school, and she brought you know like you ever watch like um, CSI or something, and there's like an evidence bag that they hold up mm. in court with something with like a bloody <laughs> knife in. My mom comes with an evidence bag. And it's got pants in, uh, some trousers, and toilet roll. <laughs> and she's holding it up what? in the school. As if, as if that was the reason I shit my pants. There was no toilet roll. My mom just assumed that toilet roll was going to save the day. And I remember all my friends just like seeing it and me just being like, what can you do, mate? I've, like, I've, I've had a bad day here. And, uh, oh, I, I had God, to get changed. That's so humiliating. The- <laughs> Your mum having to come in with a little, a, a little rescue package. It was humiliating, but I remember having a choice. Of, of actually going to the toilet mm. and I didn't. And I remember, honestly, I remember a little shit lug coming out of my trousers. 
do you remember the feeling? Because I've never shat myself, and I'm and I'm. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm not going to say obsessed, but I, I think I think probably like clinically speaking, I probably am obsessed with the idea of shitting yourself and what it feel what it would feel like. Well, you've never shot it before. Oh, a little bit. I once did a show in at the Edinburgh Fringe, and I, but I, I say I didn't realise I shat myself until afterwards, and I went to the toilet and was like, oh, I just did a whole hour show with a bit of diarrhoea in my undies. <laughs> But I think that's not the same thing, is it? No, no. Yeah, I remember it just being quite freeing, you know? Um, it, was, it, it, it was quite freeing to poo. I mean, I don't know what yeah. kind of underwear I was wearing. Like, like, was I wearing a G-string? Like, how did this not hold in my pants? It just... Oh, so it, went, it immediately immediately went down the trousers, hit, dude, and it, it hit was your like, legs. It was like silly putty. It went straight through the pants down my. I remember kicking it out my shoe. What, <laughs> dude? There was a lug. It went out the bottom of my trousers, and I saw it land on my little US brass. And I just went whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave it a little, a little keepy uppy out of. Uh, Where did it uh, land? Well, at this point, I remember I was in the toilet, and I just kicked it in the toilet, okay. and I went, I went, oh boy. Because that's why that's why I'm like, did it, it was a choice because I was in the toilet anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on! You shat yourself and you were just in the to- you were just you were just in the toilet. It came to me in like the the class, and I went, Miss, can I go to the toilet? And I went in there, yeah, and I remember just like thinking, and I just went, Ugh! and it just I was just game over. I didn't want to sit. I did. I, I had every opportunity to sit down and use the toilet. But I think there was a playful side of me that was like, let's just see how this happens. Yeah. Let's, see what, let's, see, let's see what's going to happen here. That's bonkers. That, that changes everything for me. <laughs> that, that, that makes it more of a deliberate decision. <laughs> if you're in the... I mean, you can bring a horse to water, but if it but you, you know, if it just shits itself, I think there's more of a part of you that wanted to um, know what it was like to shit themselves than you're willing I tell you, to I'll tell you one thing, dude. Seeing your, your shit <laughs> like land on your laces... It was like creation. <laughs> like I've made, I've made this. Look what I've done. If I have a kid and you know, they do something like that, I'm probably not even going to be mad. I'm going to be like, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'll be helping sh- shaking your partner's pants leg, being like, come on, out you get. Let's talk about your uh, adolescence then. It yeah. was uh, you, you. You took a lot of these humiliations and, and like insecurities. You, you took that into 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 adolescence. How did that? What? How did that work out for you? It was um, quite tough because I. I think I got to my fattest when I was about ten, eleven, and then when I started uh, secondary school, mm. I uh, I was still quite fat. And then it was tough because then I got braces as well. Oh boy! And I was like, oh man, all I need now is just like full on acne, and I've got the trio. Yeah, and yeah. I, it was it was tough because I wanted to be a cool kid but you know it's, that was all I cared about back then was being trying to be cool I wanted to be but did you cool. have like cool friends were you part of the cool gang yeah yeah so we, we literally started our own gang like an actual gang did you have a name oh we did indeed yeah uh, what was, it was the name of the gang it, it was TCK which stood for Terror Clan Killers Oh, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. And we used to write it on buses. We would write it on jet. <laughs> we'd write it on time. It goes one step further. We, we, we had hoodies made. We had hoodies made with Terror Clan Killers You had merch? On. You we, had official merch? <laughs> we had, we had 
merch <laughs> with TCK on Terror Clan Killers. We wanted everybody to know, yeah, we're the cool. We made music. We wanted to be like G Unit and and So Solid Crew and all of them back then. Yeah, that was yeah. that was <laughs> that was it. It was so it was so sad because like now I look at it and I go, oh, we must have looked like one of those, you know, like a dance troupe on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, or like or like the T Birds in Greece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At any moment we could have just broke off into song and dance. <laughs> and we all just we all just wanted to be cool. And it was like classic, you know, it was classic teenage young teenage boys in school you know i mean this is this says everything about me so when we was in the gang we all then had to be tough Mm -hmm. so then those guys started getting knives and then i got myself a flip knife and we'd walk around with like flip knives in our pockets and all that sort of stuff but i was still into pokemon so like (laughs) on one end i'd have like a charizard in my left hand and a flip knife in my right hand i was like i was was not built for that life at all i was still yeah yeah, um, yeah. i was still very much but but, but was everyone else like that as well was everyone else also hiding their sort of nerdy instincts i think think? i was the nerdiest one out of everybody i think everybody else was more because i think for a lot of the guys back then they also had pretty rough home lives we went through like every little you know sort of uh, fad that you had to try and look cool we would all i always remember that it was so funny that we would all wear, we'd wear very um, middle-class sporting attire. So like, as in, mm-hmm. we would wear tennis headbands <laughs> around our heads and tennis headbands around our wrists. We never played tennis in our lives, but we would walk around the street with a tennis headband to the side. We'd that was what was squash in. squash rackets with you and stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, golf, golf gloves. Golf yeah. gloves. One golf club, the leather, leather um, left-hand golf club. We'd walk around with one golf club. That was like his thing. He looked like Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles. I mean, no, no one's going to see that and be like, oh, here comes a dangerous man. They're going to be thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, this little boy needs directions to the crazy golf course. I just remember it being so, so wild. Like, we, mm. I remember in school, my, um, my teacher was like asking us, what do we want to be? So what did you want to do then? What was, your, what was your first thing? What was the first thing in your life that you were like, that's me. That's me. Um, when I was like 15, 16, it was acting that I always enjoyed. I was always good um, at acting. And was this at school? Was this in like, was this a drama, drama at school? Yeah, drama at school. Yeah, it felt like a switch had been turned on by my drama teacher. And I, <laughs> it's such a, it's, it's so funny. I remember uh, uh, parents evening. My mom, God bless her, right? She was always, she's always a good, she was always good to me and my brother because she expected just the bare minimum. I think my mom knew she'd raised a couple of dopes. Yeah, keep dancing, keep eating. (laughs) (laughs) That was all she ever wanted. So I remember we were doing the parents' evening, you know, and she's meeting all the teachers and, you know, it's all very, you know, he talks a lot. He's, you know, class clowny type stuff or whatever. Mm. And uh, my drama teacher was like, I honestly think your son could have a career in in acting, in in drama. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow. My mom was like, mm-hmm. And she's looking at me, but she's looking at me like, uh-huh, really? Acting? Really? You? You're, gonna be, you're not? No, not, not in my house, acting. What's your... And I could see her face looking at me like... Yeah, you can oh. do your soliloquies in the garden, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> acting, mm, really? You're going to waste your time with acting? Oh. I like, it was just, it was like my mum was taking the mick out of my drama teacher for even suggesting that that was right. a... Uh, that was a, a career path. Did you go into uh, what did you did you go to like college and do acting and stuff in further education? 
After high school, I went to college, and at first, I did a I think it was a drama B Tech, I think, where mm, and it was actually yeah, yeah. quite fun because it was all drama. So everything yeah. you did was drama. My problem with it was, ah, oh, mate, what you mean I have to do coursework? The one thing that was good was I saw a flyer for stand up comedy, um, right. and I it was a it was like an open mic sort of celebration of rappers, singers, mm. comedy, and I was like, oh, I could probably do something there and it was yeah, my yeah. 18th so I did I, and then I got into stand-up then and then I dropped out of college for the second time I, I knew then I guess studying in that sort of setting is not for me I'm too much of a uh, creative you know it's that whole thing of you know ticking a box when it's hard for you to tick a box because you always think kind of outside the box in a way and, yeah um, yeah well you knew you wanted to be a performer but yeah you were gravitating towards something but it wasn't necessarily acting I'll be honest, there's a part of me that wishes, as I, when I started comedy, I wish I did more acting right. back then. Because um, I don't know what it was like for you when you first started comedy, but I just got straight into comedy. I was like, oh, yeah. I did my first gig. Oh, I want to get better at this. I need to focus on this. And I was 18, 19. And I wish that as well as, because comedy was very slow for years for mm. me. I wish that as well as doing that, I was also doing some other kinds of acting in a way. But right. back then, I mean, I started comedy so long ago. I remember... Do having a MySpace comedy page? Oh my you know, god! Com- MySpace comedy. Ah, uh, the saddest thing ever. Did you I have? Z- did you have little clips? Did you have little clips uh, and stuff? Like I didn't si- even have System of a Down playing whenever you're System of a Down. I think I had System of a Down or something. Did you yeah, actually? <laughs> I think I did because it was it was ah oh, chop suey, mate. It was massive. Yeah. We were lo- <laughs> losing our mind. And um, yeah, I remember um having a MySpace sort of comedy page. I kind of got obsessed with comedy and it kind of got in the way of things like relationships and all that sort of stuff. I never really wanted mm. that because I always saw them as being, you know, get out of distraction. It's too much of a hindrance. Let's be free. I would, mm. I would love to be serious with you, but I've got to go to Brighton to do 10 minutes of material to somebody <laughs> not, who's not going to pay me. So, uh, whoa, you know. So <laughs> did you feel like you were missing out on relationships? and Did you feel like you missed out on certain life things you know certain life stages because of because you were focusing on comedy i uh, may i mean you, you you're not uh, you're not trying to make it as a professional comedian unless you've missed christenings weddings mm. probably a couple of funerals you know ruined relationships mm. been kind of elusive all the time um for 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 my first 11 years 11 12 years of comedy it was all it was all just about me trying to trying to make it, trying to be a full time comedian, which yeah, to me yeah. always seemed like the hardest thing. What you pay all your bills from comedy? What mm-hmm. you don't have? You don't have to like have a day job and all of that. So um, it was yeah, it was me pushing everything away. In your early thirties, yes. What did you get into outside of comedy? So my early thirties, um, I got so the first one I've got into is Japanese language. So I, Japanese, I, wow. Yeah, I've always liked Japanese culture. I've always been a fan. Mm. Um, but I, I didn't want to do that sort of typical Western thing of being a, a fan and not trying to learn the language at least, you know, because I think as right, right. as English people or British people, we we we, all we have... very rarely meet people half the way. Oh, halfway. Oh I mean we we will literally go to Japan and be like, why don't they speak English in Japan? Yeah. What, <laughs> oh, what's all this about? What do you mean? Why don't you speak <laughs> So, um, I, yeah, I've been doing Japanese classes. It took us two months to get all the characters done. But um, I, I wanted to learn it. It's, it's really fun because it's really uh, a polite language. It's, it's so much about it right. that it's polite. And the goal for me, I would like to do stand-up over there in Japanese if I can. 
Um, that's great. I mean, it yeah. does sound like you're putting it. You're you're taking the thing that's that's supposed to be outside of comedy, <laughs> putting it back in to your unhealthy <laughs> preoccupation with stand up. The other thing that I've got into, and I've only literally just doing this podcast, have I picked up that the the connection is uh, I've uh, I've started doing dance. Uh, the dance in question. So it started off as just two styles of dance, and now it's five: salsa, bachata. Kizomba, uh, cha cha cha, and mambo. Well, you've made two of those up. <laughs> Can't fool me. It's it, it it it's a it's a bit uh, mental. So I, I I really I just enjoyed doing it. Mm. And then <clears throat> what I quite like about this dancing is it's there's not much solo stuff. Right. It's very much you and a partner. Mm. There'll be say thirty men, thirty women. Mm-hmm. We'll get given you know. The instructor will show us the steps. They'll say, do the steps. We keep changing partners. I will dance with about 30 different women in one session. Right. Now, you may think to yourself, oh, I can see why you're going there now, Darren. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's literally like, it's basically like sex. You're letting down 30 women at a time because what I'm, what's happening is I'm terrible at following dance moves, man. So he'll do everything, the spin and a half turn and all that, and he'll go, okay, you do that with your partner. And the woman is looking at me like, you've got a lead, I'll follow. And man, I mean, some uh, honestly, I can, uh, and I must really enjoy it because sometimes, and I'll go to dance in the best mood mm. and I will leave so angry. <clears throat> I want to, I want to jump in front of traffic. And is it because of that connect, that lost, that you're not quite connecting with your partner? Is that, is that what's stressing you out? It's not that we're not connecting. It's more that I'm not getting the steps right. right. And the, the women don't have the temperament for old Darren. <laughs> <laughs> so, nine times out of ten, the woman will go, Ugh. Yeah. I, I've never disappointed more women more quickly in my entire life. It's one of those things that I, I do in the same sense where I said about doing drama, where I'm like, oh, man, I wish I did this ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I wish I started this a lot sooner because it's really fun and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying learning. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> so Darren, you, you did find um, uh, another hobby, didn't you? In fact, you, you, you tried out several hobbies. And I, I, wanna, I just want to list some of the ones that you, you did. And I want you to give me one word answers to to them about in, in, in terms of how you enjoyed them, whether you enjoyed them or not. Okay. Okay, so glass blowing. Fun. Karate. Dangerous. <laughs> Fishing. Smelly. Drums. Interesting. Pastry chef. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> Rock climbing. Bad grip. Opera singer. How did you get on there? Yeah, um, with opera singing, I felt like... Um, the, I always feel like the big best opera singers are usually the biggest people. So when you were a pastry chef, when you tried pastry chef and you and you put on a, you, and you did put on quite a substantial bit of weight, um, then you that that was when you thought, oh, actually, maybe I can go into opera singing as well, and I can I can sort of double up. Yeah, but I also f- thought that I should also get into rock climbing whilst I was fat off pastry, which didn't really. Yeah, help. absolutely bonkers. What was your favorite new hobby? My favorite new hobby. Well, I enjoyed drums. Mm. Um, because uh, I never really liked my neighbours. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do drums, um, and I, you know, I thought, you know what, screw it. Um, what I should have done is I should have worked with more guitar or ukulele or something mm. because I could talk then. Whereas you can't really talk when you play in the drums. <laughs> uh, doesn't you don't really get the people can't really hear you. So that was that was probably my least favourite of all. My hobbies. It was the most interesting. Yeah, though, that because... was a that 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 was a commercially disastrous five years of your comedy <laughs> career. It was a, it was it wasn't great at all. <laughs> and sometimes I'm forgetful, so I'd forget my drums, and I'd end up just having to like hit my knees. But you'd still be shouting as I'd well. Still... <laughs> yeah, I'd hit my knees, and then people looked at me. You know, when you see that that guy with all the different instruments, he's got like symbols on his <laughs> kneecaps. <laughs> People kind of looked at me like that, guys. I hit my knees. More important to you, though, was your desire to put something back into the Ooh. community. So around your mid-40s, you, you started a TCK dance school. And you didn't want to keep kids off the streets because you knew they weren't going to do that. So what you proposed was yeah. stay on the streets. But instead of fighting to settle disputes, you encouraged them to do it via little dances. You know, everybody loves a fusion, mm. you know? People love fusions. And I thought, well, we could bring the streets, kids on the streets, mm. and dancing. Mm. However, we're not doing technically street dance, the sort of dance you see in mm. typical videos. We're teaching these kids a little bit of Latin dancing, <clears throat> you know? Well, the problem I had was I put West Side Story on. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, this is a, this is, this is a gang Do that, that can dance. Learn that. Yeah. Learn that. This is a gang that can move and can dance. And they were like, that's a gang. And I was like, hey, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> they were pretty scary back in the day. So we had a little bit of a problem with that. It was very hard to get sort of kids to move their hips and be a little bit more loose. And mm. a lot of them 
you know, they were still wearing their sort of track suits. One, there was, there was a couple of guys who would wear three pairs of track suit bottoms. They were deliberately restricting themselves. Deliberately restricting themselves, yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off because knife crime went up. It did. Well, the thing was, we had an amnesty uh, knife box where we said to the kids, you can put your knives in, do your dance in. Uh, and they said no. So we almost encouraged them to dance. If they had a knife, you could just keep your knife and dance. Yeah, as long as you're dancing, you're, you're safe. But we always said to the kids that you could keep holding the knife yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, because some kids would not would not would want to hold their knife. So sometimes it would look like a bit of a hostage situation in the dance moves, mm. especially when you had some you had to make somebody spin around and you they're spinning around whilst you've made them spin under a machete. Yeah, you've got this blade. Yeah. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. It was a pretty 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 dangerous. But I'm letting these kids continue. With their life of crime on the streets, yeah. Whilst also learning how to how to tow tap. Well, exactly. You're saying you're saying, look, you can keep doing what you're doing, but just do it on the beat. Do it on the beat. You know, people <laughs> laughed at Billy Blanks when he did, when he made Tybo. You know, mm-hmm. Tybo and Michelle Zumba. I'm guessing Zumba's a person who created Zumba as well. Yeah, and yeah. you know, yeah, and um, and uh, Ryan Hit. Yeah. Uh, when he created, <laughs> when he when he created hit with 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 you know Tommy CrossFit, yeah, people thought they were all stupid, yeah. But you know, I think that this sort of fusion could potentially mm. have more legs. We've had a rough time. We've had a bit of a rough time. Mm. But I think if we just carry on, and maybe if the fatalities around the club will go down, then I think yeah, we've we've got we've got legs. We've you got pull legs. yourself up. The school is still open, you know. It's still it's still technically running. Um, so after that, you, you you'd obviously you'd learnt Japanese, and you you were you were getting quite big in Japan, weren't you? You you'd learnt Japanese quite fluently, and you went and you started touring in Japan. You became very big in Japan. Oh, I, I'm I'm curious to know how you ended up getting involved in the Japanese mafia, though. You you uh, is it? I just want to so I understand it. You said some things on stage that you it was a bit of a faux pas you didn't yeah. quite realize what it was that you were saying you pissed off a lot of very powerful people and then you were kidnapped weren't you the thing about japan and it's a this is all recorded of course japan is a a beautiful country i love everything about japan i think it's absolutely amazing i i also think uh that they're politicians no i did not say that i also think their politicians and their gangsters mm. are all very uh respectable uh human beings arigato mm. uh but also when you're performing you know stand-up comedy you're free aren't you you're a bit loose mm. You say things that could occasionally get you in trouble. Yeah. Um, I, it, I didn't help myself because when I went on stage, I described myself as being Daimyo Darren. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Daimyo is like sort of like an old warlord, basically a gangster. And I kind of liked it. I liked it because it's Daimyo Darren. It kind of goes nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I said, I'm Daimyo Darren. And then uh, somebody was walking in, sort of a, 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 a waitress, and she spilt a, a drink, dropped a glass. And then mm. I started clapping. I went, hey! <laughs> you know, I did all of that. And uh, they they couldn't believe how disrespectful yeah. I was to somebody. So I had to it's try and work. huge faux pas. Oh, it's a mass. I think we might be the only ones who really sort of revel in it. Mm. Um, and then I was sort of apologising and I took the mick out of a guy's shirt and I, uh, you know, uh, he, and it turns out he actually wasn't wearing a shirt. He had just had 
um, a lot of um, sort of gangster tattoos coloured in, mm. and I thought it, it looked like a shirt, and I was like, <laughs> "Where'd you get that with that stupid dragon on?" Turns out it was his, it was his gang's tattoos. You were held captive for quite a while, and yeah. um, the students at TCK actually flew over to Japan and tried to break you out via a, a, a sort of performance dance piece. Uh, unfortunately, they were slashed to pieces. Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite hard for them. Um, I mean, I really appreciated them all coming over as well. Mm. Um, what was quite strange was um, one of them actually uh, was in prison at the time and he actually came out of prison, mm. actually managed to escape to came try up. and save me. Yeah, but a hundred teenagers just being, just being chopped down. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty horrific. It was, it was definitely horrific, but I'll tell you one thing. It shows how good my classes are huh? because they believed in me. Hey? They believed in <laughs> and they me. They believed in themselves. They were willing to travel all the way over <laughs> to try and save their 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 daimyo Darren. And it's very flattering for you. Very it, flattering. It's pretty 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 flattering. But um, mm. you know, I probably can't talk about it too much because the the court case is still ongoing. I'm getting blamed for all of those those deaths. Mm. So let's talk about your your later years. How did you how did you die? Remind me. Well, you know, um, one thing we can all agree on: I was always full. You had a heart full of hope, a head full of knowledge, and a and a belly full of uh, snacks. I feel like I probably shouldn't have decided to continue rock climbing. Mm. Um. I've always had a problem with my grip because um, uh, people at home can't see, but I've got really, I've got double jointed fingers at the ends. Yeah, um, I can I see can't, that. I can't keep my fingers together, so it's very hard for me to uh, to grip onto things. But I felt like I should mm. give it a go, and mm. I fell to my death. But you know what? If you're gonna fall to your death, you might as well fall to your death once you've got the Chinese and Japanese mafia and police force collectively coming after you because as well as offending the people in japan uh i also thought it might be pretty good if i go over to you know go over to china i don't i don't i don't speak mandarin but i thought i'd give that a go as well give it a go. And, that, and that was hugely offensive to the chinese people i mean it was ve- it was it was very offend it was <laughs> it was very very offensive i mean my, my japanese is sort of basic and i just thought you know what <laughs> i could probably take that over there it's quite mad that you know you had the Japanese, the Chinese, and the police after you, um, and for some reason you took shelter in the nearest indoor rock climbing club. Well, but where else are they going to look? I can't hide in a dance studio. They're going to look for me. <laughs> what am I going to do? I can't, I can't <laughs> the first place they checked was Strictly. <laughs> yeah. Is he on the next to... series? No. All right, keep looking. I couldn't go to my nearest dance studio over there, so I yeah, I went to. Um... Rock climbing, and mm-hmm. I've always said I've got piano fingers. You know, they're quite long at the ends. And I mean, the sort of sad irony of having piano fingers is, is that you can't play the piano with those fingers. Like, I mean, I can't play the piano with those fingers at all. Mm. It's a shame the way you know it sort of happened, mm. um, sort of on the run, um, alone. Um, I didn't even get a good meal no. at the end. You always want a good meal, and I was, you know, I died in China. I could have had something amazing. I had some Derrily Dunkers in my back pocket. Is that is that why you slipped? Because you were like, oh shit, I forgot to have my meal. So you, you got out a Dairy Lee dunker out of your pocket and then you lost your grip. I realised that you need two hands to get it going, mm. to open. You can't open it in one hand. That's you can't, can't do a one-handed you dunker. You can't. Completely forgot with my terrible grip. Just <laughs> fell to my death. I do hope, though, 
that when the um the sort of Chinese detectives found me, I hope one of them at least had a bit of the Derrily Donker. Yeah, otherwise you don't like food going to waste. Can't go to waste. I'll just I'll run it under a tap. Get rid of get rid of some of the whatever's on it for a bit of blood. <laughs> so sp- speaking of of sort of um, what you kind of leave behind, how would you like to be remembered? I want to be remembered as the guy who brought the, the street kids and the the sort of sexy Latino dancing together. <clears throat> and if we could, if there was a way that we could forget about the fatalities, mm-hmm. if we could like sort of push them to the side, I feel like people would rather remember that than me, of course, going into Japan, um, offending some very dangerous people <laughs> and then being on the run. But I, I would rather people focused on sort of a fusion of street kids and um, sort of Latin, Latin dance. Darren Harriet, look at what you've done. Arigato. <laughs> Rest in peace, Darren Harriet who will always, on some level, be that fat little boy who just kept on running, eventually into the hands of the Yakuza. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. Bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favourite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity. In a competition to see who can raise the most money. It's a right laugh as we get to meet amazing funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Rhea Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh and lots more. But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. <laughs> it's bonkers. Hard sell with Josh Jones. And Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. 